0: Have you guys greet one another? But um, I haven't enjoyed that, But we'll, we'll keep going. Give God's word. All right, Ephesians chapter one, verses three through five. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoptions to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Father, thank you for um, this moment that we can engage with your word, with what you have said. Taught what you have inspired these writers, Paul and others, that we can, Lord, um, hear what you're saying to us. That you would increase and strengthen our knowledge of Jesus Christ, so that our faith, Lord, that faith in Christ would grow stronger. Lord, it's the older I get, the more the more I'm seeing the the priority of faith in all things and how you have. It is in faith, God, that we go from righteousness to righteousness lord by faith and so i pray that the faith that you've given us as a gift would would increase by the word of god faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of christ and so enable us to hear not just to listen to what i'm saying but to truly hear with the with the ears of the spirit the ears of faith and that our faith would grow strong in Jesus Christ, our faith will grow strong in the purposes and plans of God, so that we may not waver in unbelief, Lord. So that we may not be, Lord, um, undecided in our commitment to Jesus Christ. There's so much indecision, so much, so much playing the fence, so much nominal believers so throughout the land. Very few have really, Lord, have really abandoned themselves to you, Father, with. And I pray that you would en- enable us all to take, Lord, a deeper step into that, Lord, that, 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 that abandonment to Jesus, that we would lose our lives for the sake of the gospel. And so, Lord, we, we ask you to do that, but that can only happen by the power of your spirit, by the work of the Holy Spirit, through the word of God in us. And so deepen that in us, Lord, we pray. Remove every distraction, I pray that even the youth, would, would pay attention, and you would grant them an ear to hear. And so strengthen us this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we've begun to consider the order of salvation. God, how, did, how in the world did I become a Christian? How in the world did you become a Christian? What has God done for, in order for this moment to, um, to, to, to be realized in my life? So we call that the order of salvation. There is an order. You should be familiar with that order so that you can have um, a strong faith, right? There's a particular order in which God saves his people. It's not random. It's not what it, um, just random. In salvation, there is something that God does first, then he does second, and then he does third. You know. So, So we want to really understand this order of salvation so that can help us to better appreciate all that God has accomplished in Christ, in, in in this great Hebrew writer calls it a great salvation. It's not just a salvation; it's a great salvation. Second, we wanted to strengthen our faith to see how much God has done for us. Where does faith come from? How do you how do you strengthen your faith? How do you grow in your faith? By by just saying. <laughs> you could do that for 16 hours and, and, and it actually decline in faith. Yeah. But the, how do you grow it by seeing the work of God in Jesus Christ through the scriptures, right? As you begin to see that the word of God nourishes, the word of God feeds your faith, and you feel strong in faith. You believe, you begin to believe the impossible. Amen? I mean, it's, I've been reading Elijah, and that's just been like, and the Lord, I felt the Lord showed me something about Elijah. He's very unique in all and from all the prophets, and it's, it's, it's just a faith. I mean, they're able to say, "Um, no rain, no dew by my word." I was like, "Whoa, that's pretty." Nobody, yeah, I don't, think you, I don't think you have anyone in Scripture ever said that. Elijah said, "By my word." Whoa, I said, "What a man of faith, right?" And clearly it's not his word, but he's so attached to God that he just walks on a whole different level. And I don't know about you, I'm not in that level. And I want to get in that level. I I said, God, I want want to walk believing the impossible. But that's going to come as we understand what Christ has done for us. And then thirdly, is our faith of strength, and we want to be released into a glorious life of sacrificial, loving service to the cause of Jesus Christ. So we began to look at the order of salvation, and this is just a quick review. What is that first work of God in Christ, in the order of salvation? The first work is this idea of election and predestination. Look at, uh, look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3-4. to Blessed is, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. in love he predestined us predestined. before your destiny started there's a pre and God determines that pre <laughs> predestined yeah you know, like, so so before you even began before you you know you became a reality, um, God had already predestined you. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. I, mean, I really felt the Lord really t- encouraged you to linger because I think this is so incredibly beautiful for your faith. He predestines us for adoption to sons as sons as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. So our salvation begins in eternity. Your salvation if you belong to Jesus Christ, your salvation starts before the moon was created, before the sun, before the angels were created, before God created anything, you are already a thought in God's heart. So your, your salvation, the salvation of the elect, begins in eternity in the heart and the eternal purposes of God. Our, our God's choice of the elect our salvation is not based upon anything that you have done. It's, you know, did you do something back in eternity? What did you do? Did you do something? Something, you, got, you, did, you did something, right? Did you do something back then before there was nothing? Did you do anything? Nothing. <laughs> kaput nothing. Romans nine, ten, and and through and not only so, but also when Rebekah had conceived children by one man, our father, I, though they were not yet born and had done nothing, say nothing, either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of Him who calls. She was told, the older will sell the younger, as it is written, Jacob. I loved Esau, I hated. The ground of God's choice of the elect, this ground is His own pleasure. God took pleasure. Um, Psalm one thirty-five, verse six: Whatever the Lord pleases, that's what He does. Right? Don't don't always remember that God is a God of intense, intense pleasure. Intense pleasure. He's a God of pleasure. So you have to, if you knew that, if you know that somebody's just intense pleasure, like they the, the pleasure is how they get. Then, then, um, then you—you you, you adjust the way you approach him, right? <laughs> if you knew that Charlie, your neighbor, just loves pleasure, you know, and you don't go and say, "Hey, Charlie, I got a, I got a leak in my pipe, yeah." What do you know? <laughs> ah, mean? You gotta, yeah, you gotta have fun, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, but Charlie, I got a leak in my pipe, yeah. <laughs> Forget about the leak. Let's have a great time, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, God is a God of pleasure, and so praise God for that. Whatever he he pleases, the Lord pleases, that's what he does. And the cause of God's choice of the elect, what caused it? His own love for them. Look, Look at Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. So the cause of our salvation is his love. It pleased God to love us. So that's 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 the first work of God in, in salvation is his his election he predestined us before you be, be, before you existed God um, be, before you existed God had already de- determined your mind and you know and that's something that's so beautiful um, it took me a while as a Christian to really lay hold of that truth. I said, wow, I thought I became a Christian because, I, I, you know, I went to the altar call, and I said, you know, here, uh, I'm going to be saved because, you know, 1986, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna, I thought that was it. Said, and then Jesus said, no, I've known you before I made you. You're mine. You have always been mine. You didn't start being mine on March 26, 1986. You have always been mine now that you're coming to know that you belong to me. And that just was just so like, wow, that blew me away. I'm yours forever. There's a mystery in that, right? There's a mystery. It doesn't say that about everybody. That's that's the mystery. It doesn't say that about everybody. We're his. I have loved you with an everlasting love belong to me? (sighs) Wow. So I just feel, we're going to continue to look at this first work of God. I believe that this topic of election and predestination is the most important and most foundational for the life of the believer. I believe that. It is the first work of God in salvation, therefore it has priority. Failing to understand this great work of God will affect the rest of your Christianity. It will affect affects it. Your Christianity will be more or less defined by the degree that you can grasp this glorious truth. Your joy will definitely be, you know, your sense of confidence, assurance will be strengthened like awesome. Before, if, if I didn't wake up in the morning and read my Bible, I think I'm, if the Lord comes, I'm, it's over for me. <laughs> when I began to realize I'm his forever and ever and ever It releases you from the burden I gotta save myself. So tomorrow morning I'm waking up at four in the morning and I'm gonna fast for five days and I'm gonna really get this thing and I'm gonna really be the best possible Christian you know and that'll last 10 minutes before you when you wake up and somebody calls you and then you you, know, you, you like curse him out <laughs> and, and, and he's like what happened, what happened to your commitment? Well, right, so many people live in the burden of, I got to do this, I got to do that, I got to do this. If I don't do this, oh, 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 it's over for me. The reason you're thinking that way is because you haven't grasped the meaning of what Jesus has done for you. So we're going to consider today the implications. This is going to be maybe a couple of weeks I want to look at what. Okay, God destined and, and elects and, and has. He has a people. What are the immediate implications? Uh, what, what, what is um. You know when we talk about implications, we talk about the conclusions that you can draw about something. For example, if you hear my stomach growling, what do you conclude? I'm hungry. If if you see me yawning. What does that mean? So we all draw conclusions, implications of what something happens, right? I see you sleeping. I draw conclusions. I'm boring, (laughs) right? We all draw conclusions about things that we see. If you see me like this, hey, are you okay? You draw implications. What does it mean that God has elected predestined What does that mean? I I want to, there are many beautiful things that can be said that will strengthen our faith. But I want to begin to consider biblically, what shall we say about these things? What can we say biblically so that you can have a foundation? And hopefully I want to begin to unwrap one of them. Let's go to Romans 8:31, 8, 8:31. What, what, what is the fact that, that God predestined He before the foundations of the world, chosen in Christ before the world was ever created. So Paul says, what then shall we say to these things? So I'm glad that Paul addresses my, my, my desire to say, What shall we say for these things? right? So Paul, clearly, what shall we say? For these things. Let's just read verses 31 to 39 and just listen and, and just delight in God's word. But but Paul, Paul is asking a question that I'm asking. What shall we say to these things? What can we say? Okay, so let's listen. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring Any charge against God's elect, it is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep Okay, so Paul says specifically um, these things. What what are these things? Let's go to verse thirty-one again. What then shall we say to these things? Now you have. I could give you what I, you know, what I think just by. But no, I think we can read in the scripture, right? When he says, "What shall we say to these things?" What? What are these things? Well, he just finished telling us what are these things in Romans 8.28. Let's go to Romans 8.28, right? So he's he's right there. You don't have to go too far. You don't have to be a biblical scholar. You don't have to say, okay, what does it mean? Oh, I need to go to seminary for four years and learn Greek and try to figure out these. No, just read the next couple of verses before. This is just beautiful. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. (laughs) And we know. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined, that's that word again, to be conformed to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers, and those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. glorified. That's the, those are the these things. Clearly, he's going beyond the work of Christ in salvation for the forgiveness of our sins. He's, there's something much greater in Paul's. He's not just telling hey, Jesus Christ died on the cross to, 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 so he can forgive your sins. That's very true, and that's very glorious. But the work of God in Christ is not limited to that. It is great. And so Paul is beginning to tap into these things, and he's going straight to these purposes. And so I want us today for this morning just to consider one of these things that Paul is going to establish, right? So I'm, just, I'm not going to go through them all. I don't have time. I'm just going to go through one of them that would be classified as these things. Why shall we say to these things, right? So I just want to look at one verse, verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose. Okay. So let me just I'm gonna make this simple. All things work together for good. All things. Say all things. All things. all things. all things. First of all, I want to I want to I want to give you I want you to lay a foundation for what that word those two words, all things, means. First of all, it means the totality of all existence. If you can think it, it's included in all things. (laughs) If you can imagine it, it's included in all things. The totality, all things. So so there's no, don't limit, right, don't limit. So, right, everything, everything, everything in the the physical, spiritual universe, all things. Okay, So, so don't limit that, right? And and, and that existence, um, that existence, again, exists on two levels with respect to you and I, right? On two levels. First of all, all things relate to all subjective reality. What do I mean by subjective reality? The things that you experience. I'm touching this fan. That's a subjective reality. I am picking up this postcard. I'm picking up my iPad. I'm looking at my iPhone, right? Um, I'm eating a sandwich. That's my. That's a reality that I am experiencing. All of that stuff is included there. I brush my teeth. I go to work. I go to school. I go to bed. Um, I trip. <laughs> whatever. Uh, all things. All things that I experience. Everything that I go through: sickness, disease, death, um, failures, um, disappointments. Whatever it is, that's me, right? That's my existence. That's not your existence, right? That, what I go through. But you have your own set of subjective existence. Your subjective experience is different than my subjective experience, right? But all of that collectively is subjected to all of it, and it's included in that. All, all, that, you, all that you experience in your life, all that you come into contact with physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, is included in all things. But that's not all. Because unfortunately, we tend to lean. We are by nature, by the fallen nature of man, we are self-centered. Do you know what I mean by that? Self-centered. It means that really the only existence is mine. <laughs> that's the only one that's really meaningful. You have an existence, but it's less important to me than mine. <laughs> that's really self-centered, it just means that I am the most important person. And I, I recognize you have an existence, but as far as I'm concerned, I, have, I really don't care. <laughs> I don't really care what you're going through. I don't care what you feel. The most important thing is my, how I am doing. Right? So, but there's another existence for those. And so the, the tendency is to interpret this scripture self-centeredly. And so we lose the magnitude of what Paul is teaching us all is not limiting paul is not limiting all things only to your subjective experience but there's also included in all things as it relates to objective reality what do i mean by objective reality you got subjective reality those are the things that i experience that's my world objective reality are the things that happen that are real but they don't really you don't come into contact with Right now, there's an earthquake in China. That's a reality. It's not a subjective experience because I'm not in China. I'm not experiencing something that is happening in China. I can't. I'm not there. Right? You, you're, I mean, there are a lot of objective stuff that happens that you don't come into contact with. It happens in the news. You watch it from afar, right? Right? Um, that all you could do is hear about it, but you really don't experience it, right? You don't really experience it. You you can see it, and you can, but, you know, believe it or not, there's a difference about hearing something as opposed to experiencing something. But you don't experience it. All things, all objective reality is included there, too. All right, so a typhoon happens in Japan. When the typhoon happens in Japan, God makes it work for good. Is that crazy? Now you might say, how does God do that? He, he knows how. He knows how. It, it, it's working. Nothing happens apart from the purposes of God in his elect. So that everything that happens in the world, from a roach crawling to a typhoon in Japan, all of it is working somehow, mystically, mysteriously, gloriously, for the elect. Does that make sense? And you might say, How in the world's that? Well, that's why you need faith. <laughs> and that's why when 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 we don't have faith, these things sound very, very foolish. It's like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. I don't know how God does it, but He does. He works all things. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. I mean, I'm going to get to that word together just to show you a little bit more something beautiful, how God is so magnificent. So that all things cooperate together. It's not just random. It's not just chaos. But all of it, God is like. It's, a, it's like a symphony of experiences and events that is so majestically being conducted by God typhoon ooh, earthquake ah and, and God is just, all these things are working together to create to create something that is magnificent for the people of God amen sorry i can't do that okay so do not limit all things to just the things that happen to your life All things work together for good. If you haven't had COVID, the coronavirus pandemic is working good for you, even if you have never had COVID. Does that make sense? Okay. Let me give you at least three implications of what does that mean. And again, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to think about this when you go home and say, oh, "Okay, but uh, we have a great salvation because we have a great God, right? So it's a great salvation because He's a great God." And too often we limit God to our little a little thing, and He's okay. And you know what? Your life reflects the way you you view God. That's at the end of the day, the sum of who you are is a reflection of how great you believe God is. And I'm hoping that God would use us to raise in your hearts and in your mind and in my heart and my mind the greatness of God so that we can begin to, like, just revel in these glorious things that Paul himself says I, 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 he reaches the heights. All the wisdom of God, all the great. Have you had moments like that? Because when you, when you understand the scripture, you are swept up by the glory, the wisdom, the majesty of all that God has accomplished in Christ Jesus. We have a great salvation. Amen? All right, so what are three implications that I really feel compared to share with you they are going to serve to reveal God's tremendous special love for the elect? When we talk about those who are chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world, you are talking about those who are the object of Special, divine favor. (laughs) Are you ready? You know, (laughs) I might crack up and laugh a couple times during this whole thing. But it's like, I, I can't, I'm trying to communicate. There is special, divine favor upon his elect. It is outstanding. It is extraordinary. It is marvelous favor that God has granted. You and I in Christ. And of course, I just hope that this will encourage your hearts. I mean, some of you think I'm a bomb, and you go walk around like I'm no good. (laughs) Lay, Lay hold of this, please. Please lay hold of this. So, how can we how can we see God's tremendous special love for his elect? And again, not everybody enters into that. These are his, those chosen in Christ. Let me, first of all, all things work together for good to those who love God. What are implications of that? Um, first of all, all that happens in your life, if you belong to Christ, all that happens in your life is never bad. <laughs> it's like never, <laughs> never bad. Nothing that ever happens to the uh, the elect ever terminates in an unfavorable condition. Never. In the ledger of life, the elect may show some expenses, but never a loss. (laughs) (laughs) The moment I thought about this, I I was was just like laughing. This This is incredible, Lord. But why do we think our God is so great? We we think like, okay, all right, I'll save you. Um, all right, just follow me, and, and if you're okay, I'll I'll, I'll uh, maybe I'll get, throw you a couple of you know spiritual cookies. You know? <laughs> no, our God is a great God, who has this great plan, and He is going to pour out divine favor upon those whom He loves. And they're going to be the object of such extraordinary favor. And it's going to please God every moment to be that for them. When he says, I'll be your God, you'll be my people. (laughs) What? Say that again one more time, Lord. What? Uh, I'm going to be your God. And you will be my people. I mean, the, the relationship there is like, get ready, fasten your seatbelt. This is going to be good. Amen? You know, I mean, we just have to re- rejoice. Like, I man, we walk around like a, like a funeral sometimes. <laughs> but we, we got to rejoice at what God has done in Christ. <laughs> have you ever, like, just laughed because He's so magnificent? When you begin to touch the reality, of what you have in Jesus Christ. You can't help but shout hallelujah. In a real sense. Nothing bad ever happens to you. It, it is impossible. Talk about vaccinated. <laughs> we are vaccinated against all misfortune. All evil. I mean, I, I love this word. I, I love this um John 8:51. 8, John 8.51, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, listen up. He's saying, Truly, truly, he said, listen up, buddy. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If anyone keeps my word. We know that those whom God elects and those will keep his word, they will never, 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 ever, ever, never, ever experience death of any kind. Don't just, we're not talking about just physical death, right? We're talking about death. No death. You will never see it. You will never come into contact with death. That's his word. So if you're one of God's elect, and you have been diagnosed with cancer, right? Because some of you be like, oh, I don't believe that because i I got cancer. Can I tell you what the word of God says? If you've been diagnosed with cancer, the cancer may be terminal, but your life will never terminate. <laughs> your life will never terminate in an evil or bad or unfavorable state. Right? So if you, are, if you just lost your job, your, your, your life will not terminate, in an, that, that will not be the final thing on your life. If you're struggling with depression, your life will not terminate in a state of depression. That will not be the final word. Um, if you are suffering with chronic pain, your life will not terminate in, in a state of chronic pain and misery. That's not the end. If you find yourself in an abusive relationship, your life will not terminate in this. It, it, that will not be the final word. Amen? All right, but, that, but that's not, you know what? Secondly, that's not saying enough. So the first thing we said is that all that happens in the life of those whom God, who are chosen in Christ, it's, bad things don't happen. You'd be like, but wait a minute, I got into a car crash. Okay. Okay, but but someone died that I loved. Okay, is that the final thing? No. If you belong to him, that's not the final thing. There's something more glorious behind that. But you know what? But like I said, that's not saying enough. Secondly, all that happens in the life of the elect is not only never evil or bad, all that happens in the life of the elect is always for good. (laughs) So it's not like, Okay, not, nothing is gonna happen to you. Not actually, no. He reinforces it on the other side. It's actually all that happens is for good. Say that with me: for good. Everything that happens in your life is for good. <laughs> all that happens in the in the life of the elect and those who are chosen in Christ terminates. Always terminates in a favorable and positive state your life will always be better I mean that's, that's, that's that like Ecclesiastics 7 8 um, this is only true this is only true for those who are chosen in Christ better is the end of a thing better is the end for those who are chosen in Christ um, your end is glorious your end is fantastic his magnificent, speechless, unspeakable glories are coming. Amen. It's unspeakable you know, what's coming, and it's coming soon for some of us. Some of us are closer, than, right? but, you know. But praise God! Um, it, it, it like, like we got to get rid of this idea that, that you know, it, right? So all your failures will end for good. All your sins will end for good. All your disappointments will end for good. All your pain and suffering will end for good. All your broken relationship will end for good. I mean, what a glory. How, who will say no to that? was <laughs> like, well, no, I'd rather have my life. Because all things end well all the time for the elect. The entire life of God's elect is lived in, in a perfect and unfailing hope of the future. Amen? Look at Jeremiah 29 11. Jeremiah 29, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the plans for welfare and not for evil. That is an absolute statement. That's not like I'm reserving this this status of not evil for a little moment in the future. No, your entire life has been planned by God. And, And in that plan, there's plans for welfare driving every decision, every movement, and there's nothing of evil that is contributing in any way to His purposes. Amen. Like, like, to give you a future and a hope. Do we believe that? That's what I'm saying that we need to grow in faith because you're not going to see them with the eyes of, of, the, of the flesh. You're going to be like, oh, I just, I, I, my toothpaste, my toothpaste, I, I ran out of toothpaste this morning. And it was just, I was just, like, I couldn't find to toothpaste. I couldn't have, and your whole life is like, <laughs> okay, you ran out of toothpaste. My life is so miserable And I hear my life, yeah. Right? Some of us live like that. Let's be honest. Every disappointment, it's like, oh, my life is it's horrible. Man, but if you know this and you belong to him, absolutely no right to complain. Amen. It's only our ignorance that keeps us in these. But God has given us his word if we believe it. You can say, oh, no, I don't believe it. It's too good to be true. Who are you going to who, who believe? <laughs> like, that's why say. Isaiah said. Who who has believed our report? <laughs> who has believed our report? Right? It, because this is great, great news. This is good news. God has done something magnificent that blows our minds away. Well, saying that everything ends for good is not saying enough. <laughs> so here, here's what, so number one. Not nothing evil ever ends. You're, all that you do will never end up in a evil evil place in a bad place. Get rid of that thought. Um, all, that happens, all that happens in your life, all that happens um, will be for your good, for your good, all of it. God has, but even more, thirdly, <laughs> lest you think, like, you know, you know, God, you know, some people have uh, this idea that, well, bad things happen, and God will work it for good, right? God will, right? God will, uh, right? Uh, God will God, it will end good, you know. You know? But here's, here's what Paul's saying. It's not enough to say that all things in the lives of the elect is for good. All that happens in the lives of God's elect works together for good. That's another level. That means that everything I go through is not just that God's going to turn it for good at the end. Uh uh-uh, uh That's not what He's saying. He's saying the very thing that you don't like, the very thing that it, that is actually unpleasant. The very thing that is, um, is causing you pain and suffering, that thing is working for good. <laughs> so it's not like, well, hang in there. don't worry, I'll come at the end and I'll rescue you. No, no. God is saying the very pain, the very failure, the very struggles is actually accomplishing God's purposes for good. Now, it, it's got great. Is God great or not? Is he awesome? I mean, can you? He could take, he takes, right? He he takes anything, right? And he says, Yeah, do that. Uh, Thank you very much, Satan. And then, (laughs) You know, say, What do you want to do? Yeah, there we go. I mean, I can't, I, 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 I would imagine that Satan has to be the most frustrated being in the, I mean, it's like, I mean, we give it our best shot. (laughs) We try everything, and this God, I don't know how he does it, but he he takes everything that I do, and he works it so beautiful. He's got to be so frustrated, (laughs) saying, He works it for good. It's not just hang in there, wait for the pain to go, and then God will give me a big piece of cake at the end. No, it's the thing, the very thing that you're going through is actually working, it's Actually, God has ordained and commanded all those things to work for your good. Amen? I mean, mean, this is really like mystery. I was thinking about this yesterday, though. God has conferred real value to our disappointments and our failures. Our sins, they have a value that God has ordained. We hate it. let's be honest with you. Oftentimes, we don't come into contact with that value. We're kind of, we're just disappointed. We're just overwhelmed by the failure. And we don't see the value. That is true. We don't often see the value. And that's why it requires faith, right, to see God's mighty hand beyond the superficial, beyond what's before us. But just know for sure, look at your life right now. Consider for right now, let, let's take a moment to just think about your life, whatever you're going through. And we all have things that we do not like. There, we all have things that we would prefer to change. We would prefer that they would stop. We would prefer a different way. But I want you for a moment, I want, I want you to hear what the word of God is telling you. He's telling don't be in a rush. Let my perfect work, I'm doing a work in the midst of your disappointment, in the midst of your failure, in the midst of your heartache, in the midst of your pain. God is actively and powerfully at work. He, you don't have to wait for God to come and do a work. He is doing a work. Amen? so hard to believe our sufferings and failures are not roadblocks to God's purposes. They're not keeping you from anything. God has ordained them. All our suffering and pain, without exception, they they advance his good purposes in our lives. Therefore, stop being victimized. Don't let the devil victimize you. Don't let the devil tell you, Happened to This always happens to me. You know. You know. Stop. Our 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 country is really like glorifying victimization. You should. If you if you let them let them let them glorify that. Not the not the child of God. Are you kidding me? You could never be victimized. Do you understand that? Did he hear what I said? As a child of God, you can never be victimized. I don't care if somebody comes in and beats me with a club. (laughs) I was not victimized wow well, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm not I don't mean by that yeah. it's just me that God is greater than. God is greater than the circumstance. God is greater than the momentary like disappointment. God is greater. He is greater. Don't let society define for you what has victimized you. No, we're not victims and we, we belong to Christ and so if you belong to him, receive the word of the Lord this morning, receive it amen. Let let me just read these few verses. Um, Surely, Psalm 23, Psalm 23, verse 6. I want you to hear this, you know. Put your faith in God. Surely, goodness and mercy shall pursue me. That word there, pursue, is to follow me. It's just not. It's going to run after you. It's coming after you. It's going to overtake you. It's going to... Mercy is going to overtake you. It's running after you. <laughs> the moment you came out of your mom, your mother's womb, <laughs> you might run, but eventually mercy is quietly and he'll bring you down, and then you'll be running together. <laughs> you know, everywhere you go, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Right? I mean, like, man, this is what God, this is what we have is only because of Jesus Christ. We don't have this because we know the Bible. We don't have this because, oh, we're such a good person. We have it because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Receive it this morning. Receive the truth of God. He loves you. Mer- Surely mercy, goodness and mercy is following after you. Look, look. God has blessed you. This is, you know, when we talk about this life of the, uh, the, the elect, that's what it means to be blessed. That's really, at the end of the day, you could... You you could, you know, people talk a lot about blessing. Uh -uh, I'm blessed. Oh, oh, I got a good job. I'm blessed. I'm like, wow, you really diminished that to like garbage. (laughs) It's like, um, I'm not going to put that down. (laughs) A good job is a a blessing. But don't ever diminish the blessing of God to a good job. Oh, I'm making good money. I'm so blessed. (laughs) Can I tell you? Can I show you a little about the true blessing? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the blessing of God, this magnificent thing. Like, don't, don't reduce it to, like, a little bit like, oh, I found $20 on the street. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, he blessed me. Like, yeah, we praise God because we know at the end that God is giving us all those things. So we should rejoice in God. But the blessing that God has bestowed on us in Christ, when, when he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, do you know what that means? It means this, what were we just saying. That all that you do is just blessed. <laughs> all that you do, all that you experience, is blessed. Right? And again, you know, don't 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 say like, oh, tonight I'm gonna go to crack house and God's gonna. bless. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Don't twist. But all that we do in the light of God, in our weakness our failures and we're leaning on him by faith everything that you do right if you truly belong to him right, there's, no, there's no here abuse but everything that you do is blessed you're blessed everything that you do is blessed because you're so good no because of Jesus because you're in him and he is and if you're in him then you are in the Pacific Ocean, of blessing. <laughs> it's like, right? He's like, the, he is the blessing. And Balaam and Balak, right? Balaam found this out. And Balak, the king, had to be reminded. Numbers 23. Listen, 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 listen. You know the story. Um, Balak hires this prophet. Hey, Balaam, come over here. I want you to curse. Curse him. Cur- curse, just curse him. Um, okay. Why? Why you want me to I don't like Sam. I I don't, I don't want Sam. I don't want Sam in my life. I, I want it to be like, right? um, and and I I want to really rule. But I don't want him around. He's a, he's a nuisance, you know. And um, so he tells Balaam, Can you just cursing. Just do the curse. Do your thing. You know, do your thing." And um, we know that um um he'll be he'll be cursed, and then he'll get I get rid of him. fine fine get rid of Sam. Um, okay. So Balaam says um. Balaam says, "Oh, I can't I can't, I can't curse him. Why not?" You dumb king. I can't bless him. I can't. I can't. I can't curse him. I can't curse him. I don't know what is it with this. I can't curse him. I've tried everything. I've rubbed the oil and I can't curse him. (laughs) And everything that he did, couldn't curse him. Couldn't curse Israel. Couldn't curse. He was like, so. And and, and I thank God that Balaam had. He was like, you know what? What can I tell you? Behold, I have re- I received a command to bless. He has blessed. I cannot revoke it. Balaam found out. I mean, he's talking about you and I in Christ. Amen. The devil might come and tell you this, and come that. Forget about that. Forget about. Oh, I, I, I yeah, maybe, oh, I found, I found something in my house, and oh, yeah. It's like, it's like. No, you, you're not cursed. There's nothing that can come. Your, 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 your entire existence is a blessing. Nothing of evil can touch you. Nothing of darkness, right? You're, you're blessed because you belong to Him. Man, if we could walk with that confidence. Like, oh, God, have Lord, you can walk into any place, right? If you're coming carrying God, you can go in. I've been to homes where it. it was just full of demonic power. I remember going home, and I'm feeling, ooh, this oppression. I said, wait, wait a minute, time out. I bind this in the name of Jesus Christ. But you could walk in there, and boom, gone, gone. But you could go in anywhere. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be, oh, you know, just walk in, put your faith in God, and you will be, you are blessed. I cannot revoke it, Balaam says. He has not, look at, listen to this one. I'm going to finish with this. This is a God has not beheld misfortune in Jacob. I mean, if I would have been that say I'm excuse me, the people did something last week, you know, they brought the idols, you know. That's pretty bad, don't you think? God is saying, I haven't seen it. But God, um, did he, they um, what do you mean you have not beheld misfortune in Jacob? Is that crazy? That's something like your people have disobeyed you; they have, um, would they have forsaken you, Lord. Isn't that misfortune? And they'll say, "No." Uh, he has not beheld misfortune in Jacob, nor has he seen trouble in. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa, whoa. Look, um, last week uh, I was really down. I had this big trouble. You didn't see my trouble. <laughs> what is God trying to say? Is God saying that you don't have bad experiences? No. Is he saying that you don't experience trouble? No. What he's saying is that that in, in, in relationship to the fact that he's with you, it's basically non-existent. In relationship that God is with, the Lord their God is with them, and the shout of a king is among them, like your troubles, your misfortunes are, it, are basically nothing compared to the blessing that he has given you amen oh man look at look at Hebrews 8:12 for I will be merciful towards their iniquity and I will remember their sins no more that's what he says right um, he has not beheld misfortune in Jacob I will remember their sins no more I want to encourage you he loves you you belong to him he loves you he has. This tremendous thing, you know. and what, what is the meaning of all this, and how should you how should you um, how should you respond to this? Well, last verse, Matthew six twenty five. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Now, do you, now, now, when you read Matthew six twenty five, having understand this foundation of election and predestination, and God's utter commitment to bless his people. Now do you understand why Jesus says, hey, by the way, um, my little disciples, can I tell you something? Uh, don't, don't be anxious about your life. Try, try, trust me. Try this one. You don't see it. I see it pretty clearly. Um, don't be anxious. You have no reason to be anxious. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you will drink, about your body, what you will put on. Right? Don't worry about those things because, trust me, you don't see it. You will see it. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will open your eyes and you will see it. But I'm telling you, do not be anxious about your life. Do you hear the word of the Lord this morning? Let's stand. Let's stand. <laughs> I pray that you go home and just consider these things. Amen? God is good and if you don't believe this then you're you're, 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 right that's another thing but I, I trust God that somehow you lay hold of faith this is not about you this is not about anything about you this is about what God has already determined concerning your life Father I just pray how can we speak these things and remain the same impossible how can we hear these things and remain the same impossible I pray Lord God Almighty oh Lord Jesus that you would oh God open the hearts and the minds of those who are struggling and I know that there are many here who struggle to even grasp the reality of your love for them. To give them a future and a hope. I pray, Lord God, that you would just encourage every heart. Detach us from this world. <coughs> teach us, Lord, to teach us, Lord, to really believe the word of God. Increase our faith. You said it all things. Work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to your purpose. I pray, God, that we would um, meditate on the scriptures, that we would not just dismiss them. And I pray if there's anyone here who who has not been truly born again, and I'm certain that there are many, Lord, here that have not really been, have not experienced Lord, that that wonderful reality of Christ, but yet they're here. And that leads me to believe that with hope that perhaps you are drawing them, you are calling them to repentance so that they might know these truths personally. And, Lord, I just pray for those who don't not know you. I pray that you would um, um, just open their hearts and their minds to the work of God. So I want to thank you Jesus for this moment. I want to do something that felt the Lord put in my heart. I want to ask all the youth to come up to the front, you know, just kind of when I'm going to pray for you, all the youth. Abby, if you can come and then, and ask Laura, you know, to uh, come on all the all the youth. I want to pray for you. I put the Lord put in my heart to pray for you guys. Let's pray. You could guys you can just come, come you can just come this way. You're going to go go get Laura, okay? We're going to pray. We're just face face me. Face me. You know. I want to pray for you. God put it in my heart to pray for all of you. And I had a sense that some of you were going to come today. And um, some of you, uh, I believe God is drawing you. Some of you, you God's really drawing Some of you are going to make, make some commitments, and others are here, and you're probably wondering why you're here. And I want you to know that Jesus Christ really does love you. And I feel that may, perhaps some are not drawn, being drawn by God. And I really want to pray to God that He would really open up your heart to know how much he cares about you, how much he loves you, that you can begin a relationship with him. I'm so grateful to see you guys coming, really being a part of what God is doing. Um, but I want to pray for you. I really want to pray, and that's God. I've been praying for you this week. God's giving me a burden uh, more for you guys. I want to see you guys really know Jesus Christ. How many of you want to know Jesus Christ personally? All right? right, just look. You know, a lot of it is... Um, Overcoming fears, overcoming peers, um, the, the pressures of peers. But I want you to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes. Just um, really talk to Jesus Christ. Talk to He loves you. He died for you on the cross. And just close your eyes. Close your eyes. Don't, let's let's put aside all the chit chat and the games. And, and I want to pray for you. Oh Lord God Almighty. I pray for these youth. I want them to know the treasure of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, come. I've been praying for them. Lord, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. Save them. Give them the gift, Lord, of the Holy Spirit to, to really be given the strength and the power that they're going to need, Lord, they need. And that's the gift that you've given us, Lord, uh, to those who, re- who believe and repent. Peter says you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and I just pray. I pray this this afternoon, oh, God, you know, Lord, you know their lives. You know every one of them. You know the questions that they have. And I am just asking you to do the miracle in each and every one of them. They've been coming, and I'm, and I'm just so thrilled to see them coming but I want them to meet Jesus. I want them to know Christ. I want them to know your ways. And, and I pray that they, as they come, they would just be drawn by the Spirit of God, that they would learn, Jesus, that these moments are very serious, that, they, that you made them, and one day they will give account to you. Lord, so we pray for every one of these youth, that your hand would be upon them, that you would raise up these boys, God, and make them men after your own heart. Lord, we're asking you, God, to just do a great work among the boys, a great work among the girls. Lord, that out of this church would flow, God, a generation of youth that really love Jesus Christ, that really have come into contact with you, Lord. And I I pray right now that your, your, your spirit would just be upon them, that you would just touch them, that you would touch these hearts, Lord, that you would just fill them, fill them with your grace, fill them with power, fill them with faith, Lord. Fill them, Jesus, with, with everything, God, that they need. Fill them, Holy Spirit, to, to, to know the truth. Lord, we, we just pray for them. We pray that your hand of grace would just be upon them, Lord, that you would just touch them. Touch them, Lord, and fill them. Help them, Lord, to just overcome things in their lives and to be, Lord, to be um, just a soldier for Christ in their generation. So, Lord, we're going to, we, uh, Lord, we, you. this season has begun with that passage in 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 first in king we said give me your son and i've tried to take that to heart lord i've tried to take that. that you give us these youth lord that we will undertake lord that we would bear them in our hands that we will bear them in prayer that we would intercede for them that they would encounter the the christ lord that they would be changed that they would be born again by the spirit of god so we we, we lift them up god in this in this in this moment Father that they would know Jesus that they would know his love that they would know his grace that you would set them free from every bondage of Satan every habit that is just binding them every struggle every stronghold of Satan we bind and cast in the name of Jesus out oh God that you would deliver them and set mind free oh God to serve you to read your word to seek your heart oh God and so I pray in the name of Jesus for these youth we're praying, oh, God, that you would just fill them, use them, that they would be an example to, in this city of the work of Christ among the youth. I thank you for them. I thank you for those who are coming, even joining us to evangelize. I just thank you for that, Lord, that they can see, Lord, they can see and hear the message themselves. They can see, oh, God, even as the other day we had, Lord, a, a tremendous testimony of a man and one of the young girls which was just so affected and they began to cry, and to just be affected by that testimony. And I thank you for that. You're drawing them, and I pray do it, Jesus. Do it, Jesus. Lord, thank you for each and every one of them. I pray this, this name. Amen. Amen. Can you can you do a favor? Please pray for these youth throughout the week. Amen. Just join me in praying that God would establish them and that God would really draw them. Amen. And love to get to know them. And just, you know, just keep them in your heart. God bless you. Like I said, we'll be going to Good Shepherd tonight. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day.